We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Ring Out Ahoya podcast is your official home for the latest information on Marquette Athletics. Join us each week for exclusive conversations with administrators, coaches, student athletes, and many more. We are Marquette. I'm your host, Scott Kaikenall, and joining us today is former Big East Player of the Year and current member of the WNBA's Connecticut Sun, Natisha Heideman. Natisha, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good, good. I appreciate you uh, finding the time. I got to believe you're a little fatigue a season high in minutes played and a career high in points uh a loss but a really good effort by you guys yeah i mean it was a nail biter to the end uh we had a couple opportunities to put them away but unfortunately it didn't go in our favor but um got one more game before playoffs so we clinched the playoff spots so we feel pretty good about where we're at right now if you look even at like last night and the players that were on the court for both teams. I mean, you're talking some of the biggest names in women's basketball in the last however many years. 
Have you had a moment yet uh, where you're like, I'm playing the WNBA? And I'm not saying it was last night, but have you had that at all? Yeah, I mean, I've had it a few times, actually. Um, you see and hear a lot about the one of 144. Um, I mean, just to be one of the players playing at this level and in the WNBA, it means a lot to me. I can't really explain the feeling still. It, it don't really feel real all the time. But um, I'm here. I'm grateful. I feel like I deserve to be here. So um, has there been like a has there been a moment where you've guarded somebody like a Tarasi or just been like, wow? You know? I mean, yeah, I was chasing around uh, Skylar Diggins all night. I'm chasing around Diana Tarasi, Ali Quigley. You know, I mean, I'm I was guarding the point guards, like so all the best point guards in the league. I'm I'm guarding, chasing them around. So I feel like just that being on the same floor as them is is means a lot. When you look back at at obviously, you know, we could run through and not to diminish it, you've accomplished a lot of Marquette Player of the Year, Honorable Mention All-American, All-Conference. You're all over the place in our record books. And I, I think every player probably thinks that they can play in the WNBA. I'm just curious, when you got to Marquette, did you think you were a WNBA player? Was that something that was in your mind already? Um, growing up, that that's always been, you know, my dream, like, you know, you hear, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mine was, I want to be in the WNBA. I want to be a basketball player. But as time went on and I got older, um, I guess that was never my, my main focus. I was kind of always focused in the present. So I was never trying to look too far ahead about WNBA or whatever. So obviously come senior year at Marquette, I had a breakout year. Um, and, you know, Carolyn Keeger, my head coach at the time, is telling me, you know, like, you can play in the WNBA. We've had meetings and discussions about it. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, we'll see, like, yeah. And then, um, like I said, just being player of the year, I didn't even believe that. And then being drafted, it's just, like, all moments that just feel so surreal. Like, you don't – they're just moments that I won't forget that I never thought were possible but became possible. I think that portion of your career probably culminates in the draft, I would say, right? But but a lot of people maybe don't realize just because you're drafted doesn't mean you've earned a spot, right? Yeah. And I think you're a perfect example of that. Maybe talk a little about those emotions from draft night to being released, jumping around, and, and now where you're at now. So my journey was a little crazy. Um, on draft night, uh, the 18th pick, I got drafted to – the Minnesota Lynx, um, literally, I'd say, within five to ten minutes, traded to Connecticut. So I'm on uh, I'm on the phone with Kurt, my coach now here at Connecticut, and, you know, like, we're happy to have you, like, whatever, whatever, whatever. So you, I go down to training camp, and um, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but being at Connecticut, the, the team and coaching staff and everybody was super welcoming. Um, teaching me a lot, like, everybody helping me out. You know, they're throwing a lot at you in, I think, like, two and a half weeks, two weeks, three weeks training camp time. But um, come the last day of training camp, I get cut. Uh, obviously, those emotions are crazy. Like, 
guess in that moment, I guess I was just really didn't know what was going to happen next. But um, even if you're drafted, like a lot of teams, you know, they might only have one or two spots and it's hard. Like it's tough. You got to go compete. You got to go perform. So and a lot of times I would say it's not about how good you are because even now I feel like there's people that are so, so talented that aren't in the league. But it's not about that. It's kind of sometimes depends on what the team needs, too. So, um, but I was cut from Connecticut. And then shortly after that, I was picked up by Atlanta for just like a, a two-week period. So I was out there practicing with them and then done with them. And then two days after that, I believe, Kurt called me back like, hey, we need you to come back. We want you back. And then since then, I've been with them ever since. Um I love Connecticut. I love my teammates, um, my coaches, and uh, the organization as a whole. So that's – and now I'm here in year two um, in the in the bubble. It's been crazy. But so I feel like my first two years in the league have been just, like, crazy. Like, going to tell some crazy stories when I'm older. Like, uh, yeah, I got cut, and I played in the COVID 2020 bubble. So I feel like my first two years has just been – Kind of crazy. You talk about having a breakout year, which you did as a senior, but it's not like you were on the bench the previous years. I mean, you were really yeah. a player for the, since you got to Marquette. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that and, and that transition. Like you said, there's so many talented players that aren't even in the league, and now you go from being one of the stars playing all the time and being in all the crunch time to – a, a role that a lot of people play, like where you know kind of, here's what I'm going to play during this portion of the quarter. What, what's that adjustment been like, trying to kind of earn your minutes almost? Yeah, um, for me, um, I just think being here is, like, being on a team is amazing. Um, my minutes have fluctuated. You know, I, I go from playing 30 minutes to – five minutes to 10 minutes. And I think for me, it's just a mindset that whenever I get on the court for however many minutes, I just got to go get my best and my all. Um, but with that being said, when I'm on the bench, I just try to be the, the best teammate, the biggest cheerleader and um, give energy. And I think that's what I've been kind of trying to work on and focus on and understand that, you know, I'm still young. You know what I mean? I can't, like, I just got to – my time will come and understand that. Do you remember uh, your first basket? I, I mean, it, not that it was – it's not like you've been going that long. I mean, honestly, I really do because um, it was actually in training camp. So, we had – this was when I was with Connecticut. It's not really technically a WNBA game because they're just, like, scrimmages. But I had a step back. It was pretty smooth. <laughs> but yeah, that was. <laughs> Did you know so, it was going in? You headed back the other way when you uh, when you shot it. You knew it was in. I mean, I it felt pretty good to me. I mean, I feel like when I shoot, um, all my shots are going in. So, but yeah. Well, but that's the balance now, right? Like you had a a lot of freedom when, and I think Marquette fans know that you didn't see a shot that you didn't like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's agree on that. But it is that balance, right? You're fighting for minutes. You're trying to make a yeah. name for yourself. But also, you need to produce stats to, to be known and recognized, right? Yeah. Um, for me, like, I think 
my biggest thing that I have to focus on and it's just being confident. Like obviously at this level it's a total different case. It's a total you're playing against the most elite players. Um so for me it's just going into every game confident and uh you know, personally I haven't even played my best this year and and I'm recognizing that, I'm understanding that, but still trying to go into every game confident. Still, you know, I've been playing basketball my whole life. Um, not shooting the ball great this year. People are going under the screens on me. Never in my life have I seen that, dealt with that. And you know what I'm saying? So it's just me still being confident, still adjusting, still being the player that I am. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and we and we were just talking about it briefly before we started recording. And, and something that doesn't help either is you said you're really not getting the opportunity to practice, right? With yeah. all that's happened and it's games and uh, maybe just take a, take us uh, through what a typical day in the, the bubble is right now. Um, okay, yeah. So, I mean, um, we have a whole, I would say not a whole new team, but pretty much a whole new team this year. And um, we had training camp here for about two weeks. And for me, I, I missed the whole training camp. Um, so I guess that was a, uh, an adjustment. You know, I like I like being able to practice and I like being able to, you know, understand my teammates and, and learn my teammates, especially with the new team. Um, so when I when I came back to the bubble, um, when I got here, it was basically writing the games every other day. Um, so on a game day, it's like we wake up, we got shoot around for at like 9.30, so we go, go to shoot around for like an hour and watch film, eat, uh, get some rest, get ready for the game. Then we go to the game, but it, depending on what time the game's at, we get back, you know, like 10 o'clock, get more food, um, go to sleep, and then the next day, that's, you know, we play every other day. I mean, I wouldn't consider it our off day, but it's just like a day where we got shooting, and then we watch film and get prepared for the next team. And then game the next day, same thing. So that's what it's been like. It's just every other day, it's kind of you wake up, either it's game day or it's you're watching film and shooting. So. Yeah. I, you know, I think obviously, as you've seen, and everybody has all these bubbles around all the sports and, and everybody thinks, Oh, it's great. Like the, obviously you guys are in Florida, the, the NBA's in Orlando. It's, you know, it's sunshine and rainbows there. Right. I mean, you've got everything you want, but I got to believe there's a lot of, a lot of uh, me time as well as you're trying to kill in your room. Right. Yeah. So like, obviously, I mean, there's so much going on in the world and everything. Like I, I can't even complain about nothing or where I'm at, but, um, the outside, I think I'm going to really enjoy just driving in the car and just being outside, like, on the street with people. And, like, so, like, we we got stuff to do here. I mean, we have the pool, and when we have time, we go to the pool. We can, you know, hang out with our teammates, other teams, um, et cetera. But just – it's kind of more of a mental thing, I'd say. Like, just being – I think when you know you're stuck somewhere – it kind of gets to you a little bit more, yeah. but it's not as bad as as everything else going on in the world. So I can't complain. You talk a little bit. You just mentioned kind of your day. So 
for you, I'm sure you'd like to be able to go get extra shots up, have access whenever, and you're talking about a little bit being stuck to routine. But that's another thing is what maybe you've identified you need to work on that you would normally be able to, you're not able to as well. So what, what are those things maybe that you've said, hey, I really need to try to get better at this? It's just, um, for me, it's just like, I, when I get open shots, I just got to knock them down. So for me, it's just consistently shooting. I feel like everybody know I'm left-handed. I'm going left, I'm going left. So being able to utilize my right as well. Um, and I think for me, um, actually, I was just talking to my, my teammate about this the other day. It's just understanding the game on a different level, like, you know, mismatches. Um, we should run this play to get that player open right now because they're on fire. Or, uh, you know, if we set a ball screen on this person, they're going to switch. So kind of just understanding the game, and I think that comes with them too. So something I'm really going to work on is just, like, re-watching and every single game and just understanding the game and understanding where I can be better, where I can be better. So more time to film and then just constantly getting shots up because I feel like when I get open shots, I just got to be able to knock them down. Um, and that's the thing, too. Like, in a bubble, it's, uh, like I said, playing every other every other day. It's like you got to kind of know where to rest your body, too. You don't want to overdo it. So kind of just a balance of everything. I got to believe, and you mentioned it earlier, you know, from watching you play and how you play and the mentality you have people going under screens for you has to just infuriate you right now, right? I mean, that that you want to prove them wrong by doing that and getting yeah. to that point. So, like I said, I mean, it's not my – it hasn't been my best year, but that's not really going to stop me from shooting. Like, um, my – like, and that's another thing. My role on the team, you know what I'm saying? I'm just – I feel like my role is uh, – you know, get people where they need to be, run run the point guard, like be the point guard, call the plays, uh, you know, get the plays done. But like I said, people going under me, I ain't never seen that in – I'm 23, I ain't never seen that in, in 22 years of my, my life. So that kind of just even shows, you know, what what kind of shooting season I'm having. But like I said, it's not going to stop me. I'm going to keep shooting. I don't care. if Obviously, I care, but I don't, I'm going to keep shooting. It ain't going to stop me. I'm going to go overseas, and I'm going to keep shooting. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to get confidence. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to keep shooting. They're not going to keep going under me. I know you that. You mentioned it a little bit with and, – and not that it wasn't a focus when you were at Marquette, but it, it's not just uh, – you know, it's on the court. It's it's the rest and taking care of your body and, and being ready mentally. And obviously you're tested here in the bubble a little bit. But it, that's been a big adjustment, as you mentioned, did Marquette and all the resources they had prepare you, do you feel pretty well for what it takes to be successful at this level? Oh, yeah. Marquette was was great to me. Um, obviously, uh, my coaching staff that I've had is now gone and elsewhere. But, uh, you know, Maggie Smith is still there. And Maggie Smith, like, you know, every, every aspect of Marquette was great for me as far from academics to – on the court, off the court, everything. I just felt all the love there. And even now with head coach uh, Duffy there, she still keeps in touch with me. You know, I still feel welcome back in Marquette. So I would say that Marquette, like, I, I wouldn't have wanted to go anywhere else. I had no regrets going to Marquette. Um, 
So I feel like for me, that was the best place for me. That's the reason I am where I'm at today. Could you imagine if, if your senior year would have been cut short, like it happened last year with, with, and that had to be tough for you to see your teammates who now, this was kind of their time, right? Your class left and it was their time and to see something like that happen had to be tough even for you who was gone. I mean, it just breaks my heart for, for, I feel like COVID impacted so many people. It breaks my heart for a lot of athletes, seniors, or, or you know, even even people who, younger people who play AAU trying to get that opportunity to get a scholarship to go to college and just everything. I mean, honestly, it, I don't think it's fair. Life's not fair, though, at the end of the day. And, and I just hope that, this just drives people, like, you know what I'm saying? Even even if you didn't have the opportunity to do it, like, right then and there, keep the opportunity can come, you know what I mean? Um, so that's how I feel bad. Like, even the draft class this year, they, there was – we had to cut people before we ever even seen them play, before we ever even got a chance to meet them, before anything. So just, I guess, my message to them people is – is don't beat yourself up. Don't don't let your head drop below your shoulders because it's going to come. Like I said, I got cut. My head was below my shoulders. But like I said, you just got to keep on, keep on fighting. Like if, if it's meant to be, it'll be. I was talking to uh, Juan Anderson, uh, whose journey similar to yours, you know, he obviously a little bit took him a little bit longer. Yeah. And, but he said that the easy part was over. That making yeah. it making it to the top level was the easy part. Staying there is now the hard part. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. Like the WNBA is cutthroat. Like you, you never know. You could be traded. You could be cut. You could be really anything. So you can't take zero days for granted. Just go try to have make the best out of it. And that's why for me for me, uh personally, it's just like I yes, I want people to remember me as a player, but at the end of the day I want them really to truly remember me as for like the person I am. So I try to be like just a good person and, and, and be that light in the room for everybody. Um, cause like I said, if 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 anything happens, like I like I said, I just wanna be remembered for the person that I am. So I think that that can go a long way too. So every day, like I said, I just I just try to be the, the spark of energy, of the light in the room, and and try to bring those good vibes. Well, and and you you mentioned that, and it's a perfect segue, you know, to use your platform as a member of the WNBA with all the social injustice uh, that's gone on and and recently in recent months, and you were able to be a part of. Um, what the WNBA did along with, with the other sports as well. Maybe talk a little bit about how that all came together and those decisions. I mean, the WNBA, I just, I really feel it. They're, we're fighting. We're fighting. Like, that's why we're all here playing. Um, like, we just want to use this platform to recognize that Black Lives Matter, the Say Her Name campaign, it just – we are using this as our voice. And um, when one person does something, I feel like we all stand behind as a unit. We stand in solidarity together. And, and just knowing that feeling, 
it, it means a lot. And I would just say this, like, obviously the WNBA, but for me personally, the Connecticut Sun organization, as a black woman, as a person of color, I just feel like we had the organization behind us 100%. And, and knowing that, it just feels good. So I think that for me, um, coming here and playing and, and doing what we've been doing, it I feel like it's a step in the right direction. I feel like although change might not happen tomorrow, you know, it's progress. It's happening. And, and I think that translates a little bit. Uh, you talked about the organization and what you guys are doing on the court as well. Uh, you've clinched a playoff spot. You've got all these new players, COVID, the bubble, all this stuff. I mean, you have to be feel pretty good where you're at heading here down the stretch run of the season. Yeah, I mean, we started rough. On five, a lot of people probably didn't have no faith in us uh, getting to the playoffs, but our team has grit. And, you know, I was saying that last night. They was asking me, like, you guys had a, you know, 20-plus deficit. Our team just got grit. Like, we not the type of team just to roll over and give up. So we know what it takes. Um, you know, the, the returning players that have been here even, like, you know, years before me, but even last year, you know, we, we almost won the finals. We almost won the finals. So we know, like, it's not about the start. It's about the finish. And, and things take time. Like, we just had to get our team together. We had to – every player just had to get to know each other's tendencies. We just had to figure each other out. And we got it now. So we, we clinched the playoff spot. But, like I said, anything can happen in the playoffs. And – Past the playoffs, from what I understand, you're going to Israel after the season to continue yep. playing. What else do you want to do this year, right? I mean, let's you're going to write a book. <laughs> yeah, yes, literally. I should. And honestly, it's funny that you say that because I joke about it all the time. Like, you know, I want to write a book just about life, like my life from, the, from young to now. So I might think about that. First of all, you're – you're still young. I mean, 20, yeah. let's, let's dial back on uh, writing a book right now. You still have a lot yeah. of time left. <laughs> True. You, you have time to True. take I some could have a, I could have a, 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 you know, from zero to 23, to 23 to 45. Yeah. I'm, yeah. We might have a series of books. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I do want to talk about Sandy Cohen as well, who uh, Marquette fans will remember. I know he's uh Obviously, you finished his college career elsewhere, but he's playing professionally as well. How, how often are you guys sounding boards back and forth with each other? Um, I mean, all the time. I mean, I love my brother. Um, he actually just won a championship in Israel. So, you know, he's been working super hard. Like, and, and for me, I've seen my brother play since he was young, and I know that he – I know what he's capable of. I know what he's capable of. So just always having, like, my brother who, you know, been through certain situations that I've been through and me, us being how close we are, it's always good to have that person that I can always go to and talk to, you know, after a bad game, a good game, you know, a congratulations, whatever. And um, for me, I mean, that's another reason why I'm going to Israel. We're going to be five minutes apart from each other. We're going to get to spend a lot of quality time together and being able to do the, the thing we love. You know, we're going to be able to do it together. Um, overseas is tough when you go. you by yourself. Like, you, you know what I mean? So just being able to have him is going to, it's going to be a really, really fun and, and good season 
for me overseas, I believe. So I'm super excited and I can't wait to see how, how everything goes. You know, a lot's happened since you left Marquette. I mean, does it seem like it was like a couple of years ago? Or, I mean, it seems to me like you've been, you've been gone four or five years already, but I know that's not the case. Oh, um, honestly, I'm just thinking about that schoolwork. I'm just, man, I'm. <laughs> you miss it? That's what you're saying? You miss doing it? Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, um. I mean, it's just kind of life moves fast. So, mm. every time wow. I get to go back to Marquette, it's, I just I love being there. Though, so, well, we've we've enjoyed uh, obviously watching you at Marquette and your career so far. Uh, we know it's just getting started. Good luck the rest of the way, and we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you. I appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of the Ring Out Ahoya podcast, which is available on GoMarquette.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening, and Go Marquette!